Welcome back to the My Online Schooling podcast, the place where we talk to staff, parents and pupils to find out more about life at the online school. In this episode, we speak to school principal Ewan McLean. Ewan's about to give us his own opinion of the evolution of the world of education, how it's changed and what the future might hold. We discuss the importance of looking at all elements of success and we talk about the importance of digital literacy and why it needs to be taught in schools. But we also get to know Ewan a little better as we find out more about his own hobbies. So come with me now and listen in on this conversation with Ewan McLean. Ewan, thank you for being here and welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Hi Simon, yeah. Uh, very good, thanks. It's great to be with you today. Um, I'm meeting with you on a on a Friday. Um, it's a really great day here in East Lothian, and there, we're doing lots of hard work at the moment in preparation for the new academic year. We're really excited about the number of students that we'll be bringing back to the school in September. Excellent. Okay, so as you said, we're here on a Friday. How does a Friday typically look for you, or is there no typical Friday for you? One of the best things about teaching, one of the best things about education and, and working for my online schooling is that every day is so different. You know, there's no typical Friday. As much as you can maybe schedule and plan, um, there's inevitably things that, that come up that, that require attention and that you have to respond to. And that's what makes it so exciting. Every day is so different and there's never an element of Groundhog Day that you're just doing the same mm-hmm. thing, you know, every day, every week. Uh, Friday tends to be a, a quieter day of the week did I say but yeah as I say the best thing about teaching is every day is different and when you say a quiet day I'm presuming that you mean less busy day than 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 normal (laughs) (laughs) yeah a less busier day maybe opportunity to get your head down and get on with with the tasks that need done and just having a bit of time to myself to to focus on uh, developing the school and bringing new exciting things to the school Actually, let's just touch on that for a moment, Ewan, because we, we all understand the importance of being able to you know, switch off from uh, what feels sometimes like an endless I- inbound email stream. And, you know, in order to focus on some of those things that are possibly less urgent, but more important in the grand scheme of things. Uh, what sort of approach can staff take at my online schooling to ensure that the most important things are being done? I think like prioritisation and organisation is really important. I think I would definitely agree and I think colleagues would agree that organisation is maybe my, my middle name and I can sometimes be um, quite a stickler for, for being on time and making sure we're meeting the targets and meeting deadlines. But I think, yeah, prioritisation is really important. Taking that time out of your week to be able to, you know, schedule time to, you know, complete certain tasks and, you know, not maybe not always being available to meet necessarily you've got to make that time for yourself to complete what you need to get done and to help um, mm. drive things forward that's what I tend to do with my week is I try and map out time for myself to make sure that I'm able to you know work on dedicated tasks and, and priorities as much as I enjoy meeting with everybody that I meet with every week mm. Mm. no I'm sure okay so we're going to be looking at the wonderful world of education in particular at my online schooling but Ewan, I wonder whether you can just talk us through briefly your own experience of education yourself from when you were young. Where did you go to school? What part of the world? And what was your experience of it? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I grew up in the Highlands of Scotland, just in a small village outside of Inverness. And I went to um, a high school in a place called Culloden. Many people might have heard of Culloden Battlefield or the Battle of Culloden. That's where I, I went to high school. 
there wasn't, you know, at the time, I didn't think there was a lot to do for young people. Um, mm -hmm. It was quite boring. But actually, on reflection, it was great. You know, it was, I live near the sea, um, which is one of the best things I love about where I live now um, in East Lothian. Um, as an adult, it's, it's one of the best things about where I live. Mm -hmm. So as I say, I went to, went to school there. And I would say the Highlands of Scotland at that time, and maybe even now, are not particularly diverse. Um, and mm -hmm. there wasn't maybe a lot going on in terms of like, you know, cultural diversity. Um, my parents were separated. So I spent a lot of time traveling down to Edinburgh as well. Almost every week I was traveling down. And there, you know, Edinburgh is a lot more culturally diverse and there's a lot more happening. So I really did have the best of both worlds between, you know, living in Inverness, where it was relatively quiet compared to going down to Edinburgh and having, you know, a lot more hustle and bustle about the city. But I would definitely say that I'm more a city person than than a countryside person. I do enjoy the, the busyness of of a city. Hmm. I was like fortunate enough just to kind of have escaped the advent of social media in high school. I was just leaving high school when Facebook, for example, started to started to really pick up. And in a, in a sense, I feel like I was fortunate enough to to miss that. You know, we did have things like MSN Messenger and MySpace, but I did that. That was kind of the limit of what we had. And you know, there's a lot of pressure at the moment on young people with social media. And I, I find myself, as much as there's a lot of great things that come out of social media, I think I'm fortunate to have missed that. That part, and then after you left school, well, did you go to university or did you go straight out to work? Yeah, so when I finished uh, school, I went off to university in Edinburgh. Um, so I uh, studied forensic biology to begin with. Not really sure where where that passion came from. Um, I was I've always been interested in science. I absolutely love science. I had initially planned to uh, to be a vet. Uh, that's what I wanted to do, but that that didn't come about, and it was really exciting. Um, for me to to go down the route of of becoming a forensic scientist and I graduated as a forensic scientist in in 2012 but around the time that I graduated the kind of structuring of the forensic science service in Scotland was was rejigged and each kind of area in Scotland stopped having its own individual forensic science service okay. and it was all kind of amalgamated into one and that meant like you know there wasn't as many vacancies for posts and they weren't advertising at that time because they were going through all of the, all of the restructuring. Hmm. So I went on to study um, a master's and looking at the development of chemotherapeutic okay. drugs. Um, and I did that for a year, which was, which was really exciting. And, you know, I achieved my master's and then I went off to Edinburgh university to Murray house school of education to study, to train as a secondary biology teacher, which took a year and then I was off on my, my probation year to the, to the Shetland Islands. That's what I was for my, my NQT year. Okay, so let's then look at the world of education. I'd love to understand from your perspective how you've seen the world of education change over the last five years and also where you see it going in the future. I, mean, well, I trained as a teacher in Scotland. So when I came out of my teacher training and went into the classroom, there had kind of just been a lot of restructuring happening in education with regards to the national qualifications and the, the hires. And at my online schooling, we focus on the English curriculum, um, which focuses on GCSEs and A-levels. And they've been, you know, on the go for a lot longer, a lot longer than that. I think mm. generally in education over the last five years, there's been a lot more emphasis on the young person as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, there's still lots of work to be done here. But I think traditionally in, in bricks and mortar schools, it's very grade driven. It's very attainment driven still. And we're not looking at the young person holistically. 
Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. we do need to continue to strive and and work towards not just having an attainment driven system, but to have more emphasis on alternative pathways for young people and looking at their strengths and talents and, and building on those and not just having such a significant focus on on grades. And I think that I think that's happening. I do think there's the pandemic game has certainly shone a light on a need to rethink the system and, you know, is grades only the best option mm-hmm. for for young people. I think success can be defined in so many different ways. It's not mm. just through grades. And mm. I think it's really important that a young person, they feel that they've achieved success, not just that somebody's told them that they've achieved success or mm. a certificate's told them that they've been successful. They have to feel in themselves that they're, that they're successful. Mm-hmm. You mentioned about alternative pathways. Tell me a little bit more about what you mean by that. So with the exam-based system that we have at the moment, you know, we have the GCSEs, we have A-levels. And GCSEs, you know, those types of qualifications were built for a time in the 1980s, for example, when a lot of people were, or a lot of young people were going out to work from school. They weren't necessarily going out to further education. Hmm. Um, there was a relatively small percentage of, of young people going on to, to further study at that time, whereas now that's completely shifted. We've got hmm. the majority of young people going on to further study and less going straight from school into work. And I think the system that we have doesn't reflect that, you know, is there a need for qualifications or exams at every stage when, if a pupil goes from GCSE to A-level, do we necessarily need the GCSE qualification? Could we just do something a bit further on? Or if they're Mm. going into university, you know, do they do a qualification for, do there have to be so many exams? Mm -hmm. I remember I recently went to an online event about rethinking assessment and uh, Lord Baker, who was kind of quite paramount in engineering the the GCSE qualifications said mm-hmm. that they were quite outdated and you know they weren't really fit for purpose anymore and it's something that we you know we need to to rethink so I think there's a lot to be said about the person who was quite as I say pivotal in in putting these qualifications into place if if if, if Lord Baker saying that they maybe need to change then um, <laughs> yeah it's something that we should, maybe we should all be listening yeah I would say so hmm. I think personalised learning for young people is really important. I touched on briefly how it's important to talk about their strengths, talents and interests um, of young people. Uh, I think it's really important that we do focus on on young people's strengths and appreciate that not everybody's good at everything and mm-hmm. actually celebrating successes for young people in, in what they're good at. So strengths, talents and interests. Ewan, do you think that it's more important to, once we've identified those strengths, talents and interests that we seek to build those up or is it more important to identify the areas where somebody's not so strong and build those areas up? I think it's really important that young people are prepared for the world around them. The world Mm -hmm. is changing so fast and you know faster than ever before and we need to make sure as educators and to be responsible as educators that the young people that we have in our classrooms are ready for the world. Mm -hmm. There's so many things that I wish that I had been taught at school Mm. that would have been so helpful for me in going into the world things like problem solving critical thinking oh. how to write a cv you know all of these things are really important for going out into the world there's no doubt that there are a core maybe a core group of of subjects or disciplines that young people really need literacy numeracy yeah. mm-hmm. you know these are really important for the world and you know literacy is so you can't engage with the world without literacy but things like digital literacy now is really important you know young people need to 
know how to engage with technology you know mm. that that's where the world's going and i think education we need to work a little bit harder to catch up with with the world and making sure that young people are prepared and i think we need to get away from the idea that young people need to get a's in everything we mm-hmm. need to accept that young people need to do well for them you know and celebrating success for young people when they've achieved Hmm. what they can do and celebrating the success so not you know when I was at school it was about getting A's and everything and my parents were saying oh you got 95% in that test where was the other 5% you know that Hmm. you know that Hmm. was yeah the that was kind of the attainment driven focus and I think we need to celebrate successes of children if we're getting C's and everything and that's good for that child then that needs to be celebrated is that a hard concept for parents today to embrace? I'm thinking that a lot of parents would probably agree that it's good to celebrate other areas of success, but maybe celebrate those after they've got the A's, after they've got the sevens, eights and the nines, then to look at those things there. How can you? How can we all encourage people these days to look at all elements of success? I think it's definitely generational. I think there's a societal shift needed in terms of... Um, people's viewpoints, people's understanding of, of where the system was and, and where it is now. You know, many people listening can relate to a time where it was all very grades, it was all very grades focused. Hmm. And now, you know, we can see that that's not necessarily what the best approach was. Hmm. Um, and we need to start looking at, you know, the holistic development of children. I think that's really important. Hmm. Okay, so let's bring it back to my online schooling for a moment. What do you see as being some of the main benefits that the school has been able to bring to pupils and families? I think definitely when the school started, we predominantly had students who, you know, the mainstream classroom didn't work for them for Mm. one reason or another. Um, It could be for um, special educational needs. It could be children that have disengaged from learning, school refusal, Mm -hmm. for example. But Mm. one of the best things that I've seen at my online schooling or one of the best benefits is that students are learning from home. They feel comfortable when learning from home. They found a love of learning again that's been missing for a period of time, whether it be six months, a year, two years. So Mm -hmm. children are re-engaging with education where they've been disengaged from it for for some time. And, you know, one of the best things is, is hearing from families about how their, their child's found that love of learning again how it completely changed their their family dynamic where maybe at home it's been very difficult, you know, as a family and, you know, there's maybe been stresses at home, but having joined a school and, and providing an opportunity for a young person to engage in education where they feel comfortable and safe to participate, hmm. it, in some cases has really changed the family dynamic for the better. And, you know, I, I think that's, you know, it makes it it makes it all worthwhile if we're able to to just help with that. I think definitely young people, a lot of young people that we work with, feel much more confident in themselves. They've they've got um, their self esteem back. They've got confidence back. You know, my online schooling is great for young people who have got extracurricular commitments as well. So we've got lots of young people who are um, you know sports people who are actors on the West End. They've got lots mm. of extracurricular commitments, so the flexibility of what we offer um, is is great for for young people um, who have these these other commitments. Mm-hmm. If we've also got young people who experience um, mental health challenges and are going through a period of crisis, then 
you know, our lessons are recorded and young people can go back and watch the lessons at times that, that suit them as well. And that's something that you definitely don't get in a bricks and mortar class is the, the, re- the lesson recordings and the ability to just go back and, and watch the watch the lesson. Hmm. I do think one last major benefit that sticks out for me is the fact that we're, you know, have students spread across at least 80 countries uh, wow. in the world. And, hmm. you know, we're truly an international school. And again, that's something that you don't see every day. Our our children in in the classroom have the opportunity to engage with with other young people from across the world. And you know, our classrooms are truly international. You know, we can have children in the one classroom from all parts of the world. And I think that's really important for young people to find out about other cultures and religions and helps to develop develop that intercultural respect mm-hmm. for for other people. It sounds incredible. It really does. Would you say that online schooling is the right approach for all children? I would say that online education is absolutely a viable option and it should be explored um, by everyone. I don't think that online learning is suitable for everybody. You will have young people who do need face-to-face interaction. They do require assistance from a person being physically with them and to assist them with their learning. So it's important that it's not an absolute replacement for face to face, but it, from what I've seen when being, from being with the school for the last two years, it's it's what some young people have been missing, and it's really helped them re-engage with mm. with education where they hadn't been mm. previously. Okay, let's jump into the future for a moment. What's your definition of a twenty first century education? So for me, a twenty first century education is one where we're looking at the young person as a whole more holistically that we're celebrating the successes of of young people their strengths their talents their interests their abilities and that we're not just looking at grades and we're not just looking at attainment and that we are kind of centering learning in the classroom around the young people that we have um, in the classroom i think collaboration as well between young people uh, is really important and they get multiple opportunities to collaborate uh, mm. with their peers and we should be encouraging young people to work together to discover information to piece it together and to construct meaning from from what they've discovered and mm-hmm. to develop skills like critical thinking problem solving collaboration because these are all the really important skills that you need in the world but mm. you know previously they hadn't been taught or they hadn't been focused on maybe because they hadn't it hadn't been recognised that they were seen as important, but you know, to to be successful in the world, I think it is important that we're teaching young people these skills. You know, as I said, the the world is changing faster than ever before, and to be responsible educators, we need to make sure that young people are ready for for the world that they're going to face beyond beyond school. Mm. And which areas do you think schools are better equipped at in teaching to young people? clearly outside of the academic side of th- side of things, as opposed to their parents teaching who may be an older generation and less connected with what children are, are needing to learn these days? I think digital literacy, digital competency is, is extremely important. You know, the world is changing quickly in terms of society, in terms of economy, in terms of technology. And, you know, there's, there's, lots of information out there about how we need to prepare young people for you know roles and jobs and employment that we don't know exists yet you know Mm. we need to be 
developing technology you know we need to be developing medically as well you know to get ready for the future and it's really important that I think digital literacy needs to be embedded throughout the curriculum Um, Mm. and I think more can be done to support teachers more can be done to support schools to embed that digital literacy into the curriculum and I Mm -hmm. think we're very fortunate at my online schooling because of the way we work because of the way we school the young people that are that are with us have a lot more exposure to technology Mm. just simply because of the way we work I mean when I was at school we got maybe one computing lesson a week and um, right you know that I think that's that's seen me well for for what I do now but I am noticing that as I get older my technological abilities and and ability to keep up with technological advances is is not what it used to be and I can definitely relate to how you can maybe become detached from technology progressing. Hmm. So do you think the parents should be spending more time or making more of an effort to try to stay connected as opposed to just getting more and more detached the older we get? I think what can be done is like intergenerational learning. Like I think, you know, learning from young people is really important. So young people engaging with their their parents and their carers, you know, engaging with their grandparents um, is really important and not saying, oh, you know, that's mum, she won't know about that or that's grand, she won't know about that. You know, really important to have that intergenerational learning and, and have young people essentially flipping it round and instead of the parents teaching the children it's the children teaching the the adults but I would definitely advocate for parents engaging in in technology finding out what you know what what your child's working on what games do they play what platforms Mm. are they on you know and Mm -hmm. also from you know the online safety perspective as well knowing what what platforms your child's engaging with online is really important so I guess that's twofold Mm. learning about technology and also making sure that young people are safe online. Mm-hmm. Ewan, here we are on a Friday afternoon. Uh, here's a quick question for you. Nothing at all to do with school. What do you enjoy doing when you're not at school? Maybe something at the weekend. Things that I enjoy doing when I'm not at school are cooking. Um, I love uh, walking the dog, taking the dog out. I like going into into the centre of Edinburgh, um, something <laughs> that I've not been able to do a lot for <laughs> no. the last uh, 15 months or so um, and <laughs> yeah. I, I was in Edinburgh the other day and it, it was really exciting um, to be back in in the centre as I said it, I really enjoy the busyness of of the city yeah so cooking walking the dog really fortunate to have the beach on the doorstep um, mm. and, and yeah the dog loves the beach as well and if you had available time to to do anything that you're not doing right now that could be a hobby it could be learning a new language if if time wasn't even a consideration at all what might you choose well i during my time at school i um learned to play the saxophone and also Ooh, okay. the, the piano i don't have a saxophone anymore i think if i picked one up i'd probably still um still know how to to play a few things i'm fortunate enough to have a piano in the house but i don't get as nearly as much time as i would like to to just sit down and, and play it and just take some time to to zone out mm. but it, sit, it sits and looks at me quite often asking why it's been ne- neglected. But those are the music. I, I, I absolutely love music. And, you know, playing the saxophone and the piano, it's it's a real pl- privilege to be able to, to do that. Do you prefer to play the some piano music or listen to some incredible piano music? 
I love playing the piano because it is completely zoning out. It's mm. you, you are in the world of your own. And I know that that's really, off, you know, that's often said, but you do zone out and you just go into a world of your own and, and do what you want to do. But mm. I'm always in awe of professional piano players and, mm. you know, particularly how dexterous their hands are and how quickly mm. they can move up and down the keys. I'm definitely nowhere near as advanced as that. But <laughs> um, I, I'm always in awe of people who who play professionally. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Very good. Ewan, we need to bring this to a close in a moment. But for anyone who's heard anything and might want to get in touch with my online schooling, what's the best way for them to connect? The best way to find out about my online schooling and all that we have to offer is on our website, uh, which is www.myonlineschooling.com. Well, look, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being here and sharing your own personal experience and giving us an insight into what 21st century education is all about. Thank you, Ewan. That's great, Simon. Thank you so much. So that was Ewan McLean, school principal and passionate believer in 21st century education. Thank you, Ewan, for joining us on this episode of the podcast. Now, don't forget that you can always get in touch with the school by searching My Online Schooling. But also, if you haven't followed this channel yet, then now really is the time to do so, because then when each episode comes out, you get a small notification to let you know that it's there. So go and do that now. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye for now.